got bad news for you. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jazz Jitsu Podcast. I am your host, Jazz Ortiz, and we're back with another episode. This, I believe, is episode 11 or 12. Pretty sure it's 12. But, um, yeah, guys, good, uh, it's been a good week. Um, I know it's been probably a good minute since I got one, uh, got, got a podcast in, um, I know I try and get them out every single week, but sometimes with how busy my schedule is, I may get out um, a little late, or if I can get it on time, I promise you I will get it to you, to you guys on time. So, with that being said, this um, this past weekend I um, went to the beach. We uh, we decided to uh, go away to the beach for Memorial Weekend. Um, it was me, Allison, Amber, Ben, Tyler. And, um, our friends, Paige and Sean, um, we, uh, we stayed at, we stayed at, uh, Oak Island. It was a, uh, it was a pretty good setup. Um, the only thing I would have, uh, say, say I didn't like about the trip was the weather. My goodness, was the weather awful. Everything was so, um, everything was so great up until, I would say, I would say probably that Saturday or Sunday. No, it was Saturday because we we went out to a bar Saturday, and you could tell a cold front was coming in, and it was just cold and windy that whole night, and it was just super uncomfortable. But um, overall, I feel like um, it was a good trip. But um, if the weather would have cooperated, that would have been nice. And um, also one thing that um, one thing that was um, irritating about that trip was and I think this will be with many things to come, is the uh, amount of help that's needed at restaurants and bars. Like, it is ridiculous how many people, um, how many businesses need employees. Like, I don't know if it's, and I don't want to get too political on it, but I don't know if it has to do with um, people being incentivized not to work or... I don't know what the case is if people are just aren't ready to go go back to work. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the problem may be, but it's ridiculous. Like we went to um, a restaurant that we really like down there. It's called Shagger Jacks, and the the wait times and uh, service um, was the service was was good, but the wait times were ridiculous. Like. We got there as soon as it opened, and there was already the parking lot was packed, and it was a line to get in. Like, and we got lucky because when we when we got in, they told us you know it'd probably be about a thirty minute wait, and then by the time that 
the next family came after us, it was an hour and a half. So it was it was pretty crazy how uh, how backed up everything can get, and uh, just how many how many people are uh, needed in the workforce right now. So it's getting uh, it's getting a little out of hand. So I hope they can uh, they can resolve that, and um, we can get this country back up and you know get things up and up and going. I'm ready for that. So, um, one thing that I wanted to talk about that, um, I think is very interesting is, um, the difference between how I vacation and the way others vacation. And I don't know if there are people out there like this, but like for me, um, I was never even growing up. Uh, my parents never really, uh, took some vacation because they were always working and, um, I always had, uh, jiu-jitsu going on or competition so we never really took uh long vacations so uh it was nice when we went this go round. it was just like a weekend thing and we were gone two three days and then right back to it because um it's so hard for me on long vacations to uh get comfortable with being gone that long because I always think about when I come back there's so much to catch up on and um, it it gets me out of my routine. So then, once I get on vacation, once I go on vacation, I get into a vacation routine, and then I feel like I get kind of lazy. So then I'm like, well, I'm relaxing a bit too much. So I, I need to stay in my in my working routine in my working routine so I can keep hustling. So um, I don't know if there's people out there like that, but I don't. I, I can't take long vacations. It bugs the shit out of me because I, all I think about is what I'm missing out on. And um, it's funny because Allison, my wife, she's the opposite. She loves to take a long week beach vacation. And maybe that's what it is also is um, I, I hate the beach just because there's there's practically nothing to do. I mean, of course, you have your exceptions, but a lot of it is go out. Everyone's Everyone's beach trip is basically go out, sit on the beach, play games, and drink. Uh, you know, exceptions for kids and stuff, but majority of people who go to the beach for vacation, that's their, that's their plans, you know, go out to restaurants, if it's not shitty because of COVID, but go out to restaurants, go out to, uh, go out to the beach and drink, which, I mean, it doesn't hurt, uh, it doesn't hurt me to do it a couple of days, but for a whole week, ugh, that gets, it gets to be too much for me sometimes, so, um, I can take short vacations, which is perfect for me, but those week-long vacations, and I think once it gets past like three or four days, that's like my max. After that, I'm I'm struggling. So um, so yeah, man. Um, a lot of things uh a lot of things uh happened this week. I know there was a uh, jujitsu event. Who's number one? I uh I was able to check that out um while I was gone uh this weekend. So um let's get into that. So let me look here. I didn't get to catch all the matches, but I was able to catch a few of them. Let's see here. I caught the highlights of uh Damian Anderson's back take, which was freaking sweet. Way to uh way to start the night out very uh very action packed and um after that the match that I got that I was able to catch was the 
Oliver Taza match, which I was very excited about that one because I know that, um, why can't I think of his name? His, the guy he went up against is uh, is a very well-known uh, AOJ competitor coming out of uh, the Mendez Brothers uh, gym. And I knew that was going to be a good fight just because of the of the styles they both bring into uh, into the match. And uh, it was a great match. I mean, honestly, I don't know. I'd be interested to know how his uh, how his legs feel after the match because uh, Oliver was in on a lot. Uh, it, he was in on at least two or three heel hook two two or three inside heel hooks that I was like. Oh goodness! Like that would have tapped anyone else out. Like I don't know how how he was able to tough that out because if that had been me, I would have tapped immediately. And um, he caught him in with that with the uh, with the forearm grips. Um, with the uh, Oliver slid in his arm and gripped at the forearms, which is a much stronger hold than just going palm to palm or going figure four and. Um, the way he was able to rip it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, how is this guy still hanging on?" And it was a, uh, it was a good match. I, uh, I'd be interested to see who, uh, who Oliver takes on next. I mean, it seems like he's always um, just a match away from a big name. So, I'll be interested to see who they put him up against next. And then after that, I didn't catch the Nikki Ryan match. Um, I can't remember why. I was probably. We were probably out and about doing stuff, and um, I didn't. I, I wasn't able to catch that match. Um, the Josh Hinger and Wagner match. Honestly, I sat down at this point is when I I really started focusing on the match because I was like, all right, we're getting towards the main event and uh, things are going to get interesting. But I'm going to be honest with you, this match, and you know, people are probably going to say, well. You you got to pay attention to the details, blah blah blah. I'm like, I don't know, man. It it seemed like a stalemate for the two of them, and um, this is something that the uh, the top competitors are talking about. Um, that this is a topic that the top competitors right now are saying that's destroying jiu-jitsu, which is basically what happened in this match. Two guys basically stalemate the whole match. And then, at the end, someone scores an advantage or looks dominant for half a second. And then they win on doing the least amount of work possible. And, honestly, I felt like that was the case in this match. You know, they they had some good exchanges, uh, some good grip exchanges, but never it, it never seemed like either one was really going for it, you know, like, the match was standing the whole time, which, I mean, if if you even think for half a second, hey, I might be down on, on the judges, you should probably pull guard or attempt to make a, uh, an aggressive attempt at a submission or a takedown or something, but it seemed like the two of them were just trying to, trying to not lose, which is, not something, not not a style that I'm, that I'm very I'm particularly fond of, and not a style that I think will progress jujitsu forward, because I think if we want to take the sport of jujitsu mainstream and make it more popular, 
more popular than it is. I think it's going to take guys going out there and giving it everything they got. And um, I'm not saying go out there and um, go for some crazy flying submission and then, you know, risk getting submitted. But definitely go out there with the intention of submitting your partner and not just trying to win on points. So, long story short, good match, but not a big fan of it. Then after that was... I can't remember if the Mikey Musumeci fight was before that, the Hinger fight, or after. Well, whatever. Regardless of whether it was before or after, that was a good match. I am a big fan of Musumeci's. I, uh, I've watched him ever since he was in the Gi. Now he's taking his, uh, now he's taking a shot at no Gi, and I think he's doing great. And, um, I think I'd heard, um, earlier in the week that he didn't even train no Gi. Um, up until like two days before the fight, he was still in the gi. And I was like, dude, that's pretty crazy because your mind, your mind shifts very differently from the gi to no gi. So the fact that he was able to still be so dominant and win by a no gi submission, the, uh, inside 50, 50 heel hook, um, it was so odd that he was able to pull that off, even though he was still in the gi, you know, because in the gi, um, Nobody's throwing up uh, heel hooks or really anything anything close to that from uh, 50-50 because uh, obviously it's not legal in the gi. The only thing you'd see would probably be like knee bars and Achilles locks. But um, the fact that he was able to pull off that heel hook was very impressive. And um, I'd be interested to know what, what that position is called that he was in because it wasn't like he was in De La Hiva because he was... He had two. He had two hands on the, on the leg, and then had his, had his own leg wrapped around the outside of his leg, like a De La Hiva hook. But then again, had the two, on the leg. So, it was very weird, but um, very very effective. I uh, I definitely uh, been watching, been going over that match and uh, trying to incorporate some of that stuff into my game because. Very impressive stuff. I'd be interested to see who they... Uh, oh, no, no, no. They are putting a bet against somebody. Uh, Junio Casio. I cannot wait for that match. That's going to be a good match because the two of them have a very... Sim- not similar style exactly, but a... Overall, their styles are very... They, they complement each other well. So it'll be a very good match... And um, I'm very excited to see that match. I'll uh, I'll be glad I'll be uh, I'll be excited to see uh, the leg the leg lock exchanges between the two of them. So I'm excited for that one. And uh, Craig Jones, man, just doing Craig Jones shit, dude, just ripping people's legs out, man. It is it is great to see uh, Craig Jones back out in the competition scene. Um, I think last time he couldn't because of uh, the COVID shot. He had had a uh, a bad uh, reaction to it, so it was nice to see him get out there. And um, if you haven't already subscribed to his OnlyFans, <laughs> shout out Craig Jones. So um, yeah, man, it was a uh, it was a great match. Um, deep, uh, deep bite that he got on the heel. He um, he went. He somehow he caught his leg, and then was able to uh, throw the leg over and go into. Uh, 
uh, it was at first a backside fifty fifty, and then went into um, a fifty fifty inside heel hook. So it was very great. I like how he um, he was able to cinch it in so tight that he didn't even have to lock hands. It was as he was locking the hands that uh, Luis Panza started to tap. So it was a great event. I'm looking forward to the next one. I uh, I saw that uh, I saw that uh, Ocasio uh, Musumeci fight was announced first, and then I saw um, Keenan is going to step into uh, the Who's Number One stage. So. That ought to be an interesting match. Um, he's going up against, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Hasim Rita. I've seen his highlights from, uh, well, probably not great to bring it up now, but the uh, majority of the highlights I've seen it was when um, he lost to uh, Gio, Gio Martinez. So um, I'm sure it'll be a great match. I'll be, uh, I'll be tuning in for that one. And yeah, man, it was a... Uh, it was a great event. I uh, I even got to. Uh, I was excited that right after that, um, John Danaher jumped on a Joe Rogan's podcast. And uh, anytime uh, John Danaher jumps on a podcast, I'm listening because that man drops nothing but uh, bombs of knowledge. So, and I think the day before that, um, Craig Jones and uh, Volkanovski got on Joe Rogan. So it was just those two days. Um, because they dropped on, I think it was Thursday and Friday, and um, I was like, man, I know what I'll be listening to on the way to the beach, and uh, that's what uh, that's all I did uh, going up to the beach, and then once we were there, like, if I was, if I had any opportunity to put an earbud in or anything, I was, I was listening, so it was a great podcast, um, but it, he was talking about um, Gordon's uh, stomach issue, and um, it sucks to see um, Gordon in this condition because, you know, Gordon means a big deal to the jiu-jitsu community right now. And I think for years to come because um, he is one, he along with a lot of uh, other athletes are t- trying to take the sport, the sport mainstream. And it's, it, 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 Gordon is very uh, important for the uh, jiu-jitsu movement, so... It sucks to see that he's not able to compete, but um, from what Joe Rogan says, they're uh, they're going to give him some stem cell treatment. So hopefully that'll uh, that'll uh, help alleviate some of the uh, pain that he's having, and uh, hope he can get back out there on the competition scene. But yeah, uh, it's funny because uh, they, he also said uh, when he introduced Craig Jones, he said, uh, you know, now introducing the number one. Pound for pound, pound for pound grapple in the world by default because he poisoned his uh, training partner Gordon Ryan. I was like, man, that's pretty hilarious. And uh, who knows? It might be true. You never know. So yeah, that was uh, that was pretty that was pretty funny. And um, it was crazy to see in the uh, who's number one event the uh, the amount of leg locks being uh, being used. And uh, it seems like the uh, the the leg lock wave is still is still going because um I would have thought, you know, as soon as uh people got uh people started using leg locks more and getting more accustomed to them, um people would be able to uh defend them and uh neutralize them more, but it still seems like um leg locks is something that's uh that's still uh 
kicking people's ass and uh, something that's still uh, prevalent, which um, I think is a great thing because that just so happens to be what I'm wor- what I've been working on for the uh, past, I would say three to four months. So it's great to see that leg locks are still killing it, and um, it's a great way to uh, even the odds because you know um, with bigger guys it's harder to get um, upper body locks on them. So getting uh, leg locks on them is sometimes easier because they're not, they don't see it coming or they don't practice it enough. So it makes for a great equalizer. But yeah, um, in that same podcast, I also heard um, John talking about the three problems in jiu-jitsu. And I couldn't agree more because these are things that I've observed and that I think um, are not necessarily not worked on or lacking. It's more of neglection because um, there were three, the three problems are, and obviously they're starting to be addressed, is leg locks, um, imposing your will on your opponent from top position, and takedowns. Taking the taking the game from the standing position to the ground position, and I think a lot of people have different philosophy, different jiu-jitsu philosophies, uh, and with competition, and just like uh, just like with um, other things, like say wrist locks, people don't believe in leg locks. So I think it um, it does has a lot to do with uh, neglection because. Some people believe, well, leg locks don't work. Well, Vinnie Magalhaes' leg would have to say otherwise. And there are people who just want to, and I can say that I'm guilty of this, but there are people who um, only want to butt scoot because they don't want to work on their takedowns. So, and then there's people, um, and I could also, I've also seen myself do this as well, is people want to go for the more trendy, um, fancy moves than uh, fundamentals that would that would lead into the other problem which is imposing um, your top game on your opponent so it all um, I think it all has to deal with neglection because of the styles that people want to take on and the styles they want to impose so I think um, the the person I thought of immediately when he was having this conversation was, well, what's a person like Nick Rodriguez going to do? Because Nick Rodriguez, obviously everyone knows, who follows jiu-jitsu knows that he can impose his top position on just about anyone. And probably even more now, now that he's more skilled. He can also take down, he can also uh, wrestle with the best of them. And he can also... Uh, now he can leg lock. Obviously, being in that uh, DDS crew, you're going to have to know how to leg lock. So, it's going to be... That's what um, made me the most interested was, what is a person like Nick Rodriguez going to do? Because he has he has the ability to be uh, successful in all three of those areas. So, it's going to be... I feel sorry for whoever's going to be facing Nick Rodriguez at black belt. Like, by the time that dude gets to black belt, like... If he's, I don't, I don't know if I would say he's already a black belt level. I'd have to see him compete more, 
but he's taken out black belts, uh, big name black belts now, and it's ridiculous. Like, just imagine that guy five years from now. Like, it's gonna be scary. Like Danaher was talking about, um, he was telling stories of uh, him sparring Gordon and doing all sorts of crazy shit. Like, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to uh, to keep that guy down if you. Uh, if you happen to take him down, or if you uh, get into a scramble with him, so good luck to uh, all those. I think he's an ultra heavyweight. Good luck to all those competitors. But yeah, man, it's been a uh, it's been a wild, crazy uh, week, also for the uh, boxing community too, because um, a lot of things going on. I mean, this weekend it's the uh, the Logan Paul um, Floyd Mayweather fight. How crazy is that? And, um, that fight is nuts. The fact that it's even happening. And, um, I hate to say it, but I'll, I'll be tuning in. I don't really know, I don't really think I'm pulling for anyone. I'm just watching just for the circus act that it is. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but... I ain't got a dog in the fight, so it's whatevs to me, you know? So, that's all they already put out, the uh, the uh, all-access for for that fight, so I wonder if they'll drop any more episodes. Probably, like, the day of the weigh-ins or something, and they usually do, like, one the week before, then leading up to it, um, and then the weigh-ins, and then the end, like, after the fight and such. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that. Um, it's crazy that, and I don't even know if we've talked about this. Yeah, I think we have talked about this. Uh, Jake Paul's antics. Like, now he's, uh, I don't even know if it was necessarily from his antics. Um, now he's got a fight with freaking Tyron Woodley. So, good luck with that, sir. I was, uh, I was talking with, uh, I was talking to people about that this week, and, um, it was very interesting that they booked that fight because it's a, it'll be and listen to me now breaking it down. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of Tyron Woodley we get because if it's the Tyron Woodley that's retired from the UFC and doesn't really have that fire in him that he used to, I don't see it going Tyron Woodley's way because there are certain people who think. Um, there are certain people who think, oh, Jake Paul doesn't have a shot. And it's not necessarily not necessarily that I think that Jake Paul has a shot as much as I do, as much as I think Tyron has just lost his step. So if it's the Tyron Woodley that's destroyed people and knocked them out and, and freaking flatlined them, it's not going to be, a, it's going to be a quick and passed out night for uh, Jake Paul. It's going to be KO, early KO. But if if Tyron comes in and is not motivated and is just not and is just doing it for a paycheck, then I see uh, I see Jake Paul just winning by decision maybe. I don't even know. That one's such a crazy fight that I don't I wouldn't even know what to predict. So that's my that's my take on it, I would say. 
is if you get a non-motivated, just tired of fighting and combat sports, Tyron Woodley, I say Jake takes it. But if it's the destroyer that Tyron Woodley is and uh, championship Woodley, then it's going to be a quick night for Jake. So it'll be interesting to see, you know. And uh, what I thought was hilarious was the uh, was the video of uh, Jay Leon Love talking shit to Tyron, and I was like, dude, this could not be the mo- the it could not be more little dick energy right now than than you. Like you're putting off the most little dick energy I've ever seen because you're here with a freaking YouTuber boxer. I don't even know what he's doing there. I guess he's like a training partner or something, but. You're talking shit to a multi-time champion who wrecked people who were probably more skilled than you in in striking, and you're gonna talk shit to my uh, to my man's Tyron? Really? Like I wasn't the biggest fan of uh, Tyron Woodley, but how are you gonna talk shit to this man? And I love that uh, Tyron was just like quietly confident. He was like, "Okay, okay," you know, while he's telling him, you know. He was holding up some boxing gloves going, you know, who are you, man? You don't know nothing about this. You don't know nothing about this. I was like, and and Tyron, and I was like, man, who is this clown? And then Tyron was like, who are you? Who are you again? He's like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm Hall of Fame, right? I'm, I'm champion. You know, I got belts, right? And he's like, yeah. You know, Jay Leon was like, yeah, uh, but, uh, but I'm the real deal, you know, talking all sorts of shit like that. And I'm like. This dude don't even know who he's talking to. Like, son, you about to get double-legged into the freaking wall. And he's going to smash you and chuck the shit out of you. So, I'd watch your tone with Tyron Woodley. That's not a man you want to fuck with. And, um, it was just hilarious how a tired was just brushing him off. Like, dude, I'm already Hall of Fame. Fuck off. Like, you know, like, go go away, you little, uh, go away, you little, um, coattail rider. Come on now. Go away trying to build some cloud off me come on now so it was uh it was it was hilarious to see and uh honestly i feel like that made me pull for tyron more because i was like dude these guys are clowns like they're over here trying to shit talk this hall of famer dude i was like come on now you can't you can't be fucking with real fighters now don't be thinking you're don't be thinking you're coming into this uh and you're gonna fuck with these real fighters man because you're gonna get messed up so yeah, man, and uh, in other boxing news, uh, Manny Pacquiao is signed to fight with Errol Spence. I'll be interested to see that one, because I think a lot of people are counting Manny out, and they're not res- giving him his respects, dude. Like, this dude's a Hall of Famer. This dude is one of the greats, and not long ago, he beat Keith Thurman, who is an active, competitive fighter, so how can you count many out against Errol Spence and I think a majority of people are caught up in the aura around Errol, Errol Spence and how the potential he has to be even greater than he already is so I think people were that's why people are not respecting Manny and uh, the legacy that he's built um, but it's not it's not gonna be an easy fight for Errol neither is it gonna be for Manny so I think it's going to be a great fight. I'm just excited to see it, and um, I don't know where this matchup came from. I never would have predicted it, but Manny will fight just—he'll fight anybody. So you got to respect that. And um, 
for the people hating on Manny, how can you hate on this legend, dude? And uh, for Arrow, I mean, to, for right right now, Errol's, uh, Errol Spence's stock is very high. So for him to take a risk on an older, not as popular as he once was, Pacquiao, but still have that experience and skill that could give him problems, it's very admirable because not a lot of guys in his um in his uh in his uh spot would do that because right now he's he's on the up and you know uh Pacquiao's on the on the uh, at the tail end of his career so it's a it's a risk for both of them but I think more for Earl because if Earl wins this fight you know they're gonna say. It's just going to validate what they already thought, which was, yeah, this kid's great. But if he loses, it's going to say, well, you know, he got beat up. He got beat up by an old uh, Pacquiao. You know, maybe he's not as crazy as we thought he was. And um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a great fight. I think uh, it's definitely going to be a great fight. And um, something I saw uh, just recently was... um, uh, Canelo and uh, Oscar De La Hoya going back and forth. Um, how crazy is that? You know, from them being homies to now the the two of them just going uh, at each other online. It's pretty crazy. You know, uh, I think it was Oscar said first. He was talking about how his hooks and the way he punches his technique is wrong, and then Canelo came back at him and said, you know. Uh, I know you ain't talking. I know you ain't gonna talk shit to me. You know, like you're you're a traitor. So don't don't make me don't make me talk about you. And um, in this case, I would listen to Canelo because I'm sure Canelo's got a lot of dirt on you. Because from the stuff people already know, and who knows from what their sources are, but from the things people already know about you, like he likes the booger sugar. So. Ain't no telling what kind of dirt Canelo has on him, so. It's crazy. It's crazy the fact that Oscar, at one point, was going to fight George St. Pierre. Like, when I heard that news come out, I was like, oh my gosh, how is this real? What is my life? I ask myself that every single time I see these. It's particularly with boxing recently, is, what the hell is my life? Like, I see Oscar De La Hoya was going to fight one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time. Like, there's a picture recently of George St. Pierre freaking shredded to the gills, man. Like, looks like a freaking shark. And Oscar over here doing coke and freaking getting on getting on commentary, cussing uh, high out of his mind, cross-dressing. Like, it is insane the fact that those two were going to fight at one point. Thank God it didn't happen because... That would have been the worst thing, the worst beaten Oscar would have taken. Like it is, it is ridiculous that that was even gonna be that was even gonna be a fight. And um, I can tell you now, George would have whooped that ass bad, man, bad. And I'd like to see anyone trying to argue that because the difference between George St. Pierre and Oscar De La Hoya is George St. Pierre is a martial artist. He's not just um. He's not just a uh, an athlete uh, every training camp. He's an athlete twenty four seven. 
he's not he's not just gonna um do a fight camp then take some time off no he's constantly working 24 7 like i still believe that now i'm sure that he's still training like a maniac now um so i'm glad that fight didn't happen for oscar's safety but it would have been crazy to see definitely just for the shock shock factor i would have wanted to see just because of how crazy it would have been and um more uh drama going back and forth is the saga of Diego Sanchez and Josh Josh Fabia. Oh, that was something I could have I could have told you that was going to happen. Their breakup was going to happen months ago. I mean, but I did doubt him for a second, not going to lie because I was like, "Diego, how are you going to let this guy take advantage of you?" And then for Josh Josh Fabia to have the guts to say yeah, you know, Diego was taking advantage of me for all those years. And I'm like, are you crazy, bro? Are you crazy right now? Yeah, because he definitely had you upside down in what looks like a meat locker, freaking slapping him and kicking him in the face. Like, what the hell? Like, it's... It's hard for me to believe that Diego was the one taking advantage of you. Yeah, because he was the one going into uh, press, uh, media uh, media conferences, you know, talking shit to all of them for personal reasons, not even anything to do with Diego. It was He was just concerned about how he was being portrayed and everything was about him. So I'm glad he got that leech off of him. And um, that he's not affiliate uh, affiliating himself with um, with Josh Fabia because he's definitely he's definitely um, put a stain on Diego Sanchez's legacy and um, it really tainted a re- relationship he had with the UFC. You know, I definitely think Diego Sanchez is a Hall of Famer, and um, it sucks to see that um, he and the UFC parted ways in that way. You know, I. I obviously wanted him to retire way long ago, but it was in the way that he retired. I would have, I would have liked it if he went out with some respect, you know. But because of the people you surround yourself with, that's also important. Um, it didn't happen that way, and uh, as unfortunate as that is, you know, got to learn from it. You know, don't associate yourself with fucking idiots. And um, that I was, I was over that whole saga so I'm glad it's over another freaking saga that I'm over is the trio of Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua I'm so freaking tired of waiting for these fights to happen that I just honestly I'm to the point where I don't even care if it happens or not because there's so much banter between promoters and organizations that it, I feel like, if anything, it's it's hurt the fight themselves. Like I feel like people were like, it. you keep teasing us with, this fight's going to happen. It's for sure this time. It's going to happen. And then it gets called off because of some bullshit clause or somebody has to uh, let somebody fight someone first or we want to do it in England or we want to do it in the U.S., like, it is ridiculous the uh, politics behind these these fights. Like I thought, 
not long ago, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury was a done deal, but because of the rematch clause that was in the contract for Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, now Tyson Fury has to fight Deontay, apparently, because they, um, they went to court about it, and Deontay won the rematch clause, so he has to, uh, he has to give, uh, Tyson has to give Deontay the rematch, so I don't think that fight's going to be any different uh, another go-round. I think Tyson still picks him apart, but I guess you got to make it happen, you know? guess you got to make it happen. Um, I don't know. Uh, oh, it, it was because um, Eddie Hearn did not want to pay because it, I think it was either it was down to two options. It was either um, they had to pay Deontay um, a lump sum of cash, a lump sum of money, uh, or give him the rematch. And of course, because of egos and such, they say we will uh, we will uh, do anything but pay him. So I guess you got to make the rematch. And that, now that everyone's been prepared to see Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury, now that's not going to happen. And now this fight's going to happen. And who knows if, that e- if that's even going to go through, you know, because of all the excuses Deontay's made. And uh, it sucks to see because I was a big fan of uh, Wilder. So we'll see what happens with that. But honestly, I'm to the point where I'm starting to lose. Uh, I've lost interest, so... If anyone can, uh, if anyone can get that done, please get it done. So, so yeah. Um, as far as uh, as far as me, um, I'm actually competing this uh, this Saturday. So, surprise! I'll be um, I'll be competing in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, at uh, World Series of Jiu Jitsu. It is a uh, cash prize event. So um, we're going to get that cash, baby. We're trying to win that uh, pot of gold. So yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been a uh, a good. I know I've known about this event for about I would say about a month, month and a half. So I've been uh, I've been developing my skills very well this uh, this past uh, month, month and a half. I didn't uh, I haven't gone too crazy. I've uh, I've honestly. Uh, gone away from weight training. I know strength and conditioning is important. I've uh I've just stuck to uh body exercises and um just trying to uh stay in shape that way and and use that to supplement my uh jiu-jitsu training. But I have I've stayed away from the weights just because um it was it was hurting my uh my uh, performances in the training room. I felt like every time I went into uh, training, I was just flat, and just I felt like I felt like I had uh, I had nothing by the time I got there. So it uh, it definitely made a difference this uh, this go time because um, this go round because um, I uh, when I go into my uh, my training uh, when I go into uh, training now. I feel fresher, and I'm able to, uh, I'm able to withstand more rounds, and uh, just able to uh, think more during training, and not just be so physically and mentally exhausted. So, yeah, man, I've been, uh, 
I feel like I've been, uh, my preparation for this one's been great. I, um, I, I haven't gone too, uh, too intense. I've, uh, I've shied away from, uh, intense training as, uh, and incorporate more consistent training. So, tra- uh, training more days and, um, not necessarily taking a, not taking a relaxed approach to it, but being more consistent about my training and not just, you know, I've got a competition in two weeks, so let me just blast through two weeks of training every single day to make up for days that I didn't train prior, prior to, and um, just gas myself out before I even get to the competition. So I've uh, I've done a lot more drilling, um, a lot more um, positional sparring. So I'll um, I'll be interested to see how I uh, how I perform this weekend. Obviously, we're going in with the intention, intentions of destroying everyone and breaking breaking everyone's hearts and limbs, if need be. Not intentionally, but you know when to tap. So, yeah, man. Always going in with that uh, with that killer instinct, but um, but staying uh staying consistent and uh, being very uh very thoughtful of my uh of my preparation. So. I'm just staying calm until the uh, the day of, and then once the time comes, it's time to flip that switch and uh, get things going. So um, it'll be a great event. Um, I know I've got a few of a uh, few of my teammates going up, so it'll be a good uh, it'll be be a good day event. So um, if uh, if I do, uh, I'll probably do a podcast that following day. So. I'll let you guys know. I'll let you guys know how it goes. And um, yeah, guys, if y'all, um, if any of y'all are out there competing, just say hey to me. Come out and say if, uh, if you listen to the podcast or um, you just know me. Come say hey. You know, I always, uh, I always love seeing people that I know, especially, um, especially in the jujitsu community. So uh, come out, guys, and um, I'm sure it'll be a great event. Um, I think right now the uh, the the way it's set up is um everyone um has to pay a fee to get in um like competitor wise um competitors have to pay a fee to get in into the brackets and um uh, the more people the more money you make so we're trying to take it all baby and um I don't know if it's um if it's second place or third place takes some cash but as far as I know uh I know first takes it all so We'll see if uh, with more people, if they change things, change things up. But um, yeah, it'll be good. I'll be uh, I'll be competing Nogi now that I uh, do Nogi exclusively. So yeah, it'll be good. And um, and by the way, um, I'll be heading to uh, the Outer Banks in June. So um, any people, anybody who's listening to this, who uh, trains in the Outer Banks or has trained in the Outer Banks. Um, let me know if some good uh, jiu-jitsu schools down there, cause um, I'll be down there for a week for uh, vacation. So um, I still want to get some training in because um, hopefully uh, I'll be competing again uh, this month. So um, I'll have more details on that. But um, I hope to uh, keep um, keep uh, keep keep myself busy and. Um, not very off from my training, so if uh, y'all know of any good schools in uh, the Outer Banks, uh, for sure let me know, and um, I'll be sure to hit them up. I uh, 
I'll be staying uh, Nags Head. I've never been to the Outer Banks, so um, it'd be an interesting trip. And um, I'll probably be vlogging it. Um, so um, I'll get that out to you guys. And um, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a fun trip. So um, send me of any uh, gyms y'all might know of, or if even it's like a thirty minute drive or whatever. And, you know, just let me know. We'll be back with uh, another episode next week. Um, I appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, until next time. Peace out.